Hello and welcome to the Court Games LCG podcast. I am one of your hosts, Trevor Cuba, aka Kikito Onimaru. And who is do I see over there opening up a black scroll and releasing the wasting disease upon us all? It is not a black scroll. If anything, it's only like mightily gray. It's not even made of human flesh. <laughs> Introduce yourself, Plague Bearer. Uh, I'm Czar. I'm also known as the Plague Bearer, a haughty magistrate, and um, the walking corpse right now, because that's what I feel like. And I'm probably just, I probably sound like a walking corpse, too. <laughs> so, as, a, as a reminder to our longtime listeners, Finbar is no longer with us because he's, uh, by his own accord, like he does not have the uh, uh, ability to make timely recordings anymore so we got sore here because he could keep a cohesive schedule this is episode two and we are a week behind yeah thanks sar look i <laughs> didn't choose to be sick okay <laughs> i'm pretty sure it was probably somebody on the plane on the way back from pax hmm pax unplugged which we're gonna go we're gonna talk about that yeah but i get yeah you, you, I, I went there and guess what i did i judged of course i did you're a very judgy person. I am. I'm there. a very so judgy makes person. sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, so um, I guess to start off, um, what do you want from FFG Santa this year? What do I want from FFG Santa? I'll be, I know exactly what I want from FFG Santa. I want a $20 starter kit option for L5R. <laughs> Fet- Fancy Flight on their Facebook, they're doing this uh, 12 Days of Christmas thing where they are like showing a wrapped present and they're like oh guess what's inside and you might win a free copy of it and stuff and every time they do one of that i just hop on their say i was like give me it i hope it's a 20 dollars l5r starter kit <laughs> maybe i'll be maybe i'll win one of these i mean te- I again like i said technically there is a 20 dollars kit it's called the 2018 world championship deck next it's not available anywhere what? it's not even available at fantasy flight i was we were up there at worlds just a couple of months ago they were completely sold uh, out is it available online I've never seen a pa- you i'm know, not kidding all oh, this is a joke but that's but that's also like a uh, a legitimate concern that's going on with uh brick and mortar friendly local game stores right now where direct buy options either from the the game developer themselves or from amazon because amazon's getting some sweetheart deals that are on the level or if not better than alliance distributions so it's becoming a lot easier and cheaper for me as a consumer to buy something from amazon um, which is cutting the friendly local game store scene right out of the middle, which they need there as a revenue so I can have a location for me to go and play my card games with my friends or, you know, have tournaments. If it's not, you know, financially viable for them, they're shuttering left and right. And that's actually, you know, we're, we're saying this, ha, 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 and stuff. It's actually an issue that's been going on right now with money stores. No, I totally get it. I completely understand it. Um, but that's... I just feel like sometimes the problem is being blown a little bit too big. And again, I I may be completely skewed on this because like all my friendly local game stores in Southern California are doing very well. I mean, we have there's regular scenes, plenty of um, plenty of tabletop games. Sometimes we're fighting for tabletop spaces. Um, And then there's a. And then, you know, when I was living in Orlando, my friendly local game store was Cool Stuff Games. So it was kind of like, not really a good gauge, I would say. Because, I mean, Cool Stuff Games have like, yeah, there was like, I I can't remember. I think they had like one, two, three, four, five. And I think they had like about five, six or seven stores total. And then the other uh, major uh, game store that was in the area was called Coliseum Comics. And they had like, they, and they were like a game store and comic book store that spanned from Miami all the way up to Jackson. So it was just like a lot, a lot of those stores. So it was, um, so I don't know. Again, uh, I may be skewed in my, in my perception of the friendly local game stores, but, and I don't know what it's like in every part of the country. But again, just like from what I've seen, it's the, the friendly local game stores is not struggling all that much. At least mine's. I've got, I've got a bit of an odd perspective on it because, listen, if you wonder why we're gabbing about, like, you know, the status of friendly local game stores right now, there's not much news going on for L5R. So expect a lot of uh, uh, friendly gabbing from us uh, oh, this yeah. week. Uh, but back on my topic. Um, 
the my perspective on the lifespan of a game store and what a successful one is a bit skewed because I have two basically hometowns that I'm from with, with gaming scenes, and that's not including the one I'm currently in. And all of them have very different health of their game stores. So the one in uh, Flint, where I'm from, uh, it exists. It's not the best, but it's been like, you know, kind of trucking along for a while. I uh, believe in Ann Arbor. No, not Ann Arbor. Uh, Port Huron. Um, all of them have shuttered at this point. Uh, and it's been a slow, painful death for all of them. And the one I'm currently at, which is uh, Pandemonium Games and Hobbies, which is actually a uh, very classic L5R Kotai location. So old school listeners might be familiar with that location. They're doing quite well. Most of it is on the back of Magic the Gathering and uh, selling individual uh, cards, hosting them a bunch of tournaments and they have really good turn turnouts right there. They put the effort in and stuff and they, they seem to be keeping the lights on right now, but it's also like, let's be honest, you know, a game, a uh, friendly local game store is not going to live or die by based on the strength of L5R specifically. It's usually something much more of the kin to mostly magic, the gathering, maybe get some uh, Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon there too. Um, but it seems like as games go into more digital space, magic's been pushing their online arena a lot lately. I don't know. There's a, boom a while ago where people were going to hearthstone uh online and then as we're talking about like amazon the big uh online goliath that is is has just put, been pushing not just local game stores but business of all types um kind of out of the market early not out of the market but making it harder for them so i'm kind of interested to see what where where we go from here yeah as like <clears throat> gamers looking for a location to hang out at i ain't coming to my house i'm not wearing any pants yeah, you gotta fix that, please. No, <laughs> my house, my pants <laughs> options. Oh god, okay. Now, so I guess what I want from F fifty Santa are the Cote dates, the rest of the Cote dates. Come on, I need to book my flights, man. How the hell am I supposed to judge these people if I don't know where to judge them at? I mean, sometimes me, you'll figure out how to judge them one way or another. Like I'm judging you right now. What what dates do we have up right now? As I'm scrantily looking for, this oh, we got the Europeans. Well, that's it. And some people were discussing that we really hope that there's not going to be a Kotai scheduled for January at all. And honestly, February is kind of hard to swing at this <clears> point uh, because of how long it takes to kind of plan things out and schedule time off. And we're also in the holiday season. And let's be honest, no one really knows what their plans are for like the next month or so. Right. Like I'm trying to schedule some things right now and I have no idea what I'm doing for the next two weeks. So right. like, really hoping there's nothing in February, ironically, even as much as I want to play L5R. Please don't do anything in February. <laughs> right. Um, or at least I mean, the next two dates that we do have is going to be is May 15th through the 17th. And that's the Grand, that's the Paris Grand Cotai. And then uh, May 29th to the 31st. And that's Birmingham Grand Cotai. So we don't, I mean, there's, there's a Spain one, but there's TBD. So we don't know. Um, but so, yeah, that's kind of like we're waiting. We want, we want, we want dates. I mean, so what do we, yeah. want, what do we want from FFG Santa? Less disappointment, which is unfair because the things we're talking about is not even like Fantasy Flight's fault right now. So. It really isn't, and it's not Yeti's fault either. I know the details. Anyway, next, uh, let's talk about LVO. Um, well, I just found out that there's a really easy way for me to remember the date for LVO now because I, um, I recently discovered that I'm going to be a really bad Chinese son. Because I'm going to miss, uh, yeah, LVO falls on Chinese New Year this year. And um, I haven't told my parents that I'm not going to be home for Chinese New Year. Uh-oh. That's not going to be fun. Um, yeah, it's going to be on January 24th to the 26th. Now we have 100% more draft. Because we, I have, I just acquired through, um, so we've discussed already that I was sick. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Plague Burger. Uh -huh. Wasting the disease. Yep. Okay. Got it. Um, so. Crane lands decimated. On one of those nights, I was having a hard time sleeping. So I took an ambient. Now, okay. you know how some people, you know, sleepwalk or even sleep eat when they're on ambient? Sure. Okay. Sleep shopping is also a side effect. Uh oh. I'm intrigued where the story is going. 
<laughs> I bought an entire L5R set, three cores, one of okay. every expansion, while I was asleep. Okay. Wise financial decisions there. I almost bought a 70-inch TV, too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get you hopped up on Ambien and start sending you my bills and see how that works out. Yeah, I've, uh, I started locking my uh, credit cards when I go to sleep. Okay. Yeah. I, I bought, and I decided, you know what, I'll keep it because I need to create a draft. So I started pulling, I got, I, I was, I, I somehow acquired the list from, uh, but, uh, from uh, Tyler's Draft Cube. So I started pulling cards from it. I started sleeving cards from it, and now um, there's. I like. I like. I say you. You somehow acquired a list. Did you just ask Tyler, like, "Hey, can I get the list?" And he just gave it to you. Uh, actually, I didn't ask Tyler. <laughs> oh, nefarious means. Yes. Anyway, um, so I got I got the list, created the cube, and um, it's a pain to create the cube. You know what? But you want to know what's even more of a pain? Shuffling the cube. Ooh. Yeah. As someone who's actually never done cube stuff because I don't play magic like that, that's a pretty healthy sized deck, isn't it? Like, how many cards is it? A couple of hundred. That's 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 an ac accurate amount. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a lot. I mean, it's like the commons are three ofs, and then there's like, I think there's, um, oh, I think 16 common cards per clan, and not to mention the neutrals. And then there's like 22, 24 rare cards, which is one ofs. For each clan so that's like already over that's like maybe core maybe the contents of entire three cores 3x core no okay no it's more than that because you gotta uh yeah so it's a lot of cards but uh yeah so draft we'll have draft at lvo okay mm -hmm. still thinking about like hardcore thinking about going to lvo uh, because it's in Las Vegas, I'm very poor. But I'm gonna, you know, we get the holiday bonus in there. But here's what you do: you go to you go you 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 take that bonus. You go to LVO, you gamble and make it all back. That sounds like a winning strategy. Yeah, seriously, what can go wrong? Can go wrong? <laughs> it's foolproof. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, just use you know, just use your kami, or I'll lend you a scroll or something. Freaking Phoenix solving <laughs> all your problems with scrolls. <laughs> So a few quick announcements. Uh, first off, let's see. It was recently announced by Matt Holland on Facebook that uh, Koku, when you ever go to a Kotai or a Grand Kotai uh, for the upcoming season and presumably for the from now on, uh, all Koku are going to be single event only. So if you go to, let's say, Pax Unplugged, which just happened, and you got a bunch of Koku, spend it all in the prize wall or then mm -hmm. there because it will. you cannot carry it on to a different Kotai uh, as we've been doing i still got a handful of kota uh, or kota kotai koku uh from past events that i was hoping i was going to be one of those cool people who just like instead of ha using fate tokens i was just gonna have uh koku tokens all over the place <clears throat> can i no longer do that yep no uh no longer have my high roller baller dreams yeah so and i know that people were upset at this announcement on facebook uh and um and i remember last year when uh, Gen Con, uh, at Gen Con, when, the, uh, when they announced all those new promos that everyone wanted at, um, at the prize wall, uh, and people got upset because we had to limit the uh, access to the prize wall. Otherwise, certain individuals uh, were going to buy out the entire stock. Yeah. And people got upset with those individuals. Um, so I was one of those people that, hoarded codecoups and was willing to do that. I know people were kind of pissed at me and other people that uh that hoarded Koku. And now that now those people are also pissed that FFG is not um it's not letting Koku carry over from event to event to event. My my uh my thing to you to say to those people is pick one person to be pissed at because you can't be pissed at both. Well let's see uh, to be devil's advocate um sure the issue is I think there was an underlying issue that got exasperated and put on people who wore, had a lot of Koku. So, yeah, you do have, like, certain individuals who just have a crap load of Koku and would take it to events and they would buy things out. But there's also the, the underlying issue is, like, there was only, like, a handful of potential prizes there. There was, like, two handfuls worth of prizes there uh, surrounded by a bunch of other prizes from the rest of the year that, since 
there are so little things added throughout the year. We all already had it. Anyone who had, went to a single other co uh, Kotai uh, had an opportunity to easily buy any of the prizes they wanted to. So it's really like the lack of supply for the prizes kind of instances of this like limiting of how much Koku is available. So yeah, if I if I let's say if I had piles and piles of cocoa and I went and like oh there's this there's a brand new prize but we only bought like three copies of it. Well, I've bought three copies. Am I the bad guy, honestly, or them not bringing more than like three copies of this prize? Is that the issue? Well, here's the thing. You got you also got to take a look at the um the other uh here's another side of it, right? Uh, this year at at um for the Kotai's, they. FFG specifically created what they call what they're calling chase items. Um, those chase mm -hmm. items are things like uh, the clan dials, which, by the way, are freaking awesome. Um, mm -hmm. The clan dials, uh, and then they got the uh, the metal tokens. They intend mm -hmm. for those yep. to be chase items, right? There were only three sets yep. of clan dials, left in three of each clan, available at Pax Unplugged. There was also okay. three only three set. Now those, no, by the way, those metal tokens they come in sets of ten, okay. And there's only three sets for each clan, also. So I know FFG are intending those items to be the chase items, like you do well, you the people there, and and they and they they look really nice. Um, oh, without a doubt, sure, yeah. And I think if Pax Unplugged, and we'll talk about that, had higher attendance, I mean those things would have been gone like the first day. Yeah, well, I get well. Okay, so we're talking about we're gonna talk about it later. But you do bring up a good point. What was the attendance of uh, Pax and Plug like? Twenty eight people, people, I want to say. And of twenty, only twenty eight people showed up, and you almost ran out of some of the prizes. I know you just said. Oh no, we ran out. We ran out of all the dials. Wow. We mm. ran out of all the dials. So well, now you're mm, well now make begs the question. So if this is supposed to be a chase item, like who? Let's say I go there. I want to die. Mm -hmm. What's the process? How do I? How do I win one? So it's uh, the dials were priced at eight koku. Okay. So the dials are like they're eight koku, so they're probably like the easiest thing to buy of the chase items, right? Sure. Um, okay. Because they're, actually, I don't think they're. Yeah, they are. They are. They would be the cheapest one of the chase items. And then uh, hmm. the uh, the personalities, the cards. You, you got yeah. you got one cost coke, one cost one per. One per card, you got the two per card, and you got the three per card, right? The three per card are limited. We ran out of two of them. We ran okay. out of Shishuru Takao, and we also ran out of Ujina. Okay. So, mm. so like I say, I want to. If I say I want to dial, assuming we did, if they issuing Koku the same rate you do at a normal event. So the first round you get two, well, and then you, uh, someone, you then you play for ten one, Koku, and well, then there's now participation of ten Koku. Just for do you, when do you get that the, at the first round? Uh, we gave it at the beginning of second round. Okay, so okay, well, easy, much easier math for me. So in the second round, I get ten Koku, and I want a clan dial. But everyone else at the tournament has wants a clan dial as well. Do we just rush the prize wall immediately as soon as our match is done? First come, first serve. First come, first serve. I mean, this is like I mean again. This is like so. If this is twenty eight people at Pax Unplug. It kind of worked out, but what if we go to Madrid with, you know, two to 500 people tends to show up there? I would or, imagine uh, that... Gen Con. I would imagine that there would be more available for those, but mm. I don't imagine that there would be significantly much more available. Mm. They, FFG, I, I think their whole philosophy at this point with them, with the Kote stuff is not everyone's supposed to have everything. Sure. I mean, I get that. And that, I'm, I'm not opposed to that per se, but let's just say I'm in, you know, I decide to, I'm going to take my money. I'm going to go to PAX Unplug and we didn't have 28 people. We had, you know, 48 people. We had 68 people, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I earned my Koku just as much as anyone else, you know, and I come to you and I say, hey, I want a clan dial. What makes me more or less qualified? Or is it like, do they want it to just be random draw? Like, oh, I got there first, I got it. You know, is that the appropriate thing? I get, like, you know, so there's rarity, but, like, other than, like, I should, am I going all the way to PAX Unplugged for essentially a random drop? 
Am I, well, is, is this a, a no, usually you, elaborate loot box scenario? I don't think it is. You're <laughs> going there. You're playing a Kotai. You're, hopefully, you're you're playing to win, right? Ah, but I'm uh, but I'm chasing. These are chase Those items. Are chase I'm, items. I'm, I'm, I'm so you you lit- literally chasing you at this point. <laughs> yeah. So the moment you get your Koku, if there's something that you absolutely want. The moment you get your Koku, go get it. I mean, no one is stopping you from saying. I don't think your opponent would mind saying, "Hey, there's only I want to grab my clan dial." Do you mind if I just go grab it real quick? Okay. Uh, well, mm, dear. I like how you offered that as a, as a friendly uh, option, but like, let's say, all right, start of round two, you said we get this participation to- uh, that's, tokens? I mean, that's how we did it at we're, Pass we're, Unplugged. We're, 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 we're trying to, you know, we're, you as a judge trying to keep this event running very smoothly. Koku uh, t- t- go out and stuff. Everyone's like, hey, we're going to make 28 plus gentlemen's agreements let's just stop real quick go to prize come back finish up the game okay so now the tournament just stops hard as everyone rushes the prize wall to try to get a handful of these chase items is that this i mean i don't think that's the intended solution. no i don't I think, think it's that's, that's intended the, solution but i was look and the thing was again we had 28 people so i don't know how it's going to actually yeah. shake out when there's way more but Okay. I mean, I'm I'm harping on this, and I I like I did I did, honestly this is supposed to be like a really quick news item. I didn't think too much of it and stuff. I, up, but uh, I didn't. Hey, you and me both. But I, I just I just dropped. The <laughs> I news, just, honestly, like, the more we're talking yeah. about this, the more I'm becoming like deeper and deeper, more concerned about this. I mean, for me personally, I don't really care because I look, my friends know I'm notoriously not into the prizes at all, and I kind of give my koku away anyway. Uh, it's not something that affects me personally, but there are people who. Uh, put a lot of value on these prizes and on like the rate of Koku and what we're trying to get. Um, and I think this is going to be a issue of concern for them. So I hope we hear some clarification from FFG soon on right. this. I mean, I, I, again, uh, I think that we're going to get more at bigger events. I just don't know how much more. Mm. Mm. And uh, well, and Pecks Unplugged, that was, that was a grand Kotai. That was a grand Kotai. So uh, pricing mm. went down all the way up. Um, pricing, official pricing, like not prize wall pricing, but official pricing started at top 32. We okay. had participation pricing. Okay. Yeah. Everyone got the box. Everyone got the, the Tory dial. Yeah. It was like, look, I'm, I was actually very disappointed in the turnout, right? Um, okay. One, it's like... Because it was it was like okay, I get why the turnout was so low, but at the same time, I had a, it was like it did not look good to everyone else when Keyforge was pulling like insane numbers, and X Wing was also pulling insane numbers. Well, for the for the listeners, let's talk about like why do we think as we're full into packs and plug recap right now. Uh, why do we think uh, the numbers for L five R were so low? Compared to Keyforged and X-Wing, uh, my the only the only thing I can think of is Worlds. It was just a month away from Worlds. Yeah, so close from World because uh, you know Keyforged and Paxton Plug they had their or not Paxton Plug but uh, X-Wing. Yeah. Like Star Wars has their big event, I believe, in the spring, yep. so it's like far away from their major event. Keyforge, I think, was only like a month or two before L5R, but it's still a much healthier lifespan. And even though a lot of people were, I'll add that I, even though a lot of people were expecting an event at PAX Unplug because we've had one for like two, three years, uh, there wasn't any official announcement yet. So it's kind of un- unclear whether we should make plans for PAX Unplug. There was an announcement by Yet Yeti made the announcement that they were doing uh, a co- Grand Kotai at PAX Unplugged. FFG. When did they make that? Oh, one? that was a while ago. I can't really remember when, but it was it was because I, I know it was made before Worlds, because I started I started talking to Yeti about Pax Unplugged before Worlds. I'm only mentioning it because I literally had no idea. I mean, I might have missed it. And where did, where was where does Yeti put these information? This information they posted out? it in the Facebook group. Okay, they posted it in the Facebook group, and when people were like. Uh, is this real? Matt Holland confirmed that it is. Okay. So uh, it's the announcement was made. It's just like I and uh, I get that it was just a month before uh, after World, so that kind of hampered into a lot of people's travel plans. I get it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 
Uh, and people are saying that another reason was because it's a Friday Saturday Kotai event. Uh, I that part I don't buy because it was a Saturday. It was a Saturday. It was a Friday Saturday event for X Wing. It was a Friday Saturday event for Keyforge, also, and they had people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the numbers of Alpha Vars comparison to well, I know uh, from right here Keyforge brings in crazy big numbers. Uh, I'm not sure about X Wing at all. I do know from as someone who has traveled to a number of these Kotai uh, throughout the last two three years, um, events that are not on a Saturday Sunday are harder to get just because you know I know it's easy for me to get Saturday Sunday off because I don't work Saturday Sunday uh, Friday. I'm not always able to work that, you know, I don't necessarily have pay time off or vacation days or what have you. Uh, and if I do, maybe one of my travel companions does not, you know, I remember uh, not last year. I know it was like, because it's still 2019 uh, when we had the event at Origins, uh, there was only about i want to say 49 people there somewhere in that ballpark it's relatively small turnout but all the people there were real hyper competitive players because that was on a thursday and that was like cited as one of the real big reasons why we couldn't get in also you have the issue where also you're having here with packs unplugged of it was at a convention and there's been some conversation in the community whether these events at a, a convention uh, make it easier or harder to get in there. Uh, something like Gen Con, it's a bit easier because there's so many people already there. It's very easy, and we're all there to play games. Essentially, that's what Pax and Plug and Origins are there for <clears> as well. But we're not seeing the same kind of turnout at those events right now. And uh, yeah, we've told we we uh, I get it, but Pax and if most of the events have already been taken out of cons and mm. the only two well okay let's count uh i mean four events last year that uh that happened at uh at cons was gen con pax unplugged adepticon and uh seattle grand kotai but seattle grand kotai your pass to the con quote unquote was free if you um if you uh if you pre-registered yeah, when 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 we say like the 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 Kotais have been separated from cons, um, obviously not a hundred percent. The ones that we've dropped are the anime conventions because the first year of L five R, tournament season, there was a lot of Kotai uh, tied with some local anime conventions. And on paper, I understand that as someone who works at an anime convention and loves L five R, I can see where someone would come with this approach of, hey. Here's a convention of Japanese-inspired things. Obviously, the people here would might be interested in hopping over, checking out this tournament, and then hopping off and go and enjoy the convention. Also, part of the reason why uh, the previous tournament structure, you had um, the samurai and magistrate phases. So it's like, hey, buddy, listen, you have after the first three rounds, you've lost everything. You're not going to make it very far in this tournament. We're just going to release you from this. So you can just go enjoy the convention. Uh, sounds great on paper, I, but I do know from personal experience that, A, people who enjoy L5R and samurai things don't necessarily overlap with people who enjoy anime. There's definitely people who do. I enjoy both samurai stuff and L5R and anime stuff. Uh, that's not necessarily a one-for-one overlap for either of those two communities. Two, if we have a event at a convention, let's say uh, I'm, you know, average Joe L5R player. I want to go play L5R. I have no interest in doing this uh, anime convention. Well, now I've got to travel to a place where a lot of people are going to be. So the hotel rates are harder to find and probably a bit pricier than normal. Uh, I know you just said that one of the conventions uh, and some of the other ones too would have the entry for tournament tied into the badge cost. Still, it's not, wasn't the case for a lot of these places. Uh, so you got to pay a batch cost and then get paid the entry for the tournament and stuff. Um, or we can have the flip situation of, let's say I do love L5R and I do love anime and stuff. Well, now I'm trapped in this L5R tournament that runs 
you know, it's a notoriously long game. I'm getting there like nine in the morning. I'm staying there to like almost midnight some days. So now I've missed the entire convention that I could have been seeing. But I I, I kept playing L5R because I wasn't disqualified yet. You know, well, I, I, I mean, that's a fair point. I and that's why we kind of separated. That's why uh, FFG, I think um, last year Cascade and now this year Yeti, um, they've taken they've taken all of that to bear right and they've already and i can't say a lot but i do know that the stuff that they're planning for the cotes is uh is not at conventions yeah it's, it's good to hear i do know they've uh they've recently fantasy flight has put out applications for for uh people in other countries if they want to host a kotai there there's a form you can go on the is it still up or did they close that that's still up on fancy flights website it's still up i believe um i think there's no post date for it so if you are in a nine u.s i don't know if they're counting canada non-north america if you're not in a not north america uh country you can go to fancy flight and apply to have a kotai um, at your location, which gives us actually is a great opportunity for some of these places who have had uh, not many or none at all events. So they have a new opportunity. Uh, we have not seen the new plan. We're probably not going to see anything until after the holidays, honestly, for uh, L5R for in North America. But we still have yet to see what's coming out and stuff. Uh, the still, uh, like as you were mentioning, the packs and plug numbers are a bit disappointing. Like some of us have had... Um, like local non not even like uh l5r tournament stuff just like local nights mm-hmm. <laughs> pulling in more people than this uh grand oh, yeah. guy here was supposed to so it, you know uh try to i am looking for the silver lining but we can't avoid the uh elephant in a room of like that's a those are concerning numbers to say the least <laughs> yeah i mean it really is we again we know we have theories of why it's happening and we just got to move on from there uh the next one hopefully we can get more people and uh yeah that's uh pretty much i got for that one i mean all all i have is anecdotal evidence of like hey i am a person who plays l5r why did i not go to pax unplug everything we've already talked about it was so close i i personally was not a hundred percent aware there was going to be a pax unplug kotai it was very close to worlds and i just used up all my vacation time to go to that um also if i had a vacation time i just spent a bunch of money to go to worlds so i didn't couldn't really afford it that soon in advance mm-hmm. and stuff so these are all the factors and these and i'm not alone in this and th- these are all things of thing so um you know it's an evolving process and i look forward to see what we're going to go do it on um especially since not just the co-ties but i believe this is not a secret because i got it from my local speaking of Look, friendly local game stores. See, I pull it on full circle. Uh, I know applications have gone out for local game stores with uh, good standing with Fantasy Flight to request to hold a um, what do they call it? A championship store a event, store championship. Which is yeah, which is functionally going to replace the regionals or what were we called the elemental championships. They keep using the same words. I can't remember what they were called last year. But uh, functionally, what the regionals were last year are going. We can apply for them now through the, your fo- lo- friendly local game store, and uh, hey, hopefully I'll get one. Hopefully, many other people will get one. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, I mean, there's going to be. Remember, there's store championship, then there's prime championship, con- uh, grand championship, continental. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, uh, store championship and idea. prime championships are like different when we don't know but we don't and uh prime championships uh they take over elementals because well with the roles unlocked there's no need to vote for roles anymore oh there's one more thing i wanted to mention before getting off of packs unplugged and what so we also have the score board updated yes so not only is it up yeah it's actually updated on the official ffg website mm-hmm and I, I was watching this every couple of days. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give these guys until the end of the week to update this website. And they did it about, I think, Wednesday. So um, three business days after the event, uh, they updated the website. So good on you, Fantasy Flight. Yeah. Let's keep it yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, oh, also, before we get before, also, before we get off this, 
Um, really just want to say congratulations, Steve Palumbo, the winner of Pax Unplugged. He was playing um Aye. he was playing Palumbo Clan because we can't really call his deck Scorpion anymore. <laughs> um he's playing Palumbo Clan. Steve Palumbo, not in fact generic Scorpion person who has won. Yes. Um because he's <laughs> I saw that Facebook yeah, thread. Right. Um <laughs> huh. anyway, uh so uh so Steve Palumbo, congratulations. Uh this is the by the way, it should be noted, this is the first non-Atlanta co-tie that he's won. That's what I keep hearing. Yep, he's won two co-tie. He's, he's, he's won two. He's a yeah, good he player. is. He, he actually made uh what? He made top four at uh at Worlds. He was the uh he um, was sure the one he got knocked we, out. If you dived into a schedule, we'd find a uh, he is consistently at the top eight at the very least, yep. you know. Yep. So he's uh he's a very good uh, player. I've lost to him in one round. Um, I could tell the story if you're interested later, but um, we do. I know we have to move on. <laughs> Congratulations also to Christian. I can't pronounce your last name. I'm so sorry. The unicorn who was the runner up. It was a really good match. And look, I mean, hey, things happen. Funny story though. Uh, Steve lost. Steve's only loss in Swiss was to Christian. Yes. Really? So so Steve got to get revenge on top of winning the event. Yeah. So. Good for him. Good, good on both players. Good on all mm-hmm. participants. And also, look, look how far Unicorn has come. Right. You know. Although looking at the lo- lo- looking at the points, <laughs> looking at the points here, you'll, you you'd think that Phoenix and Unicorn are like really bad right now because they have the lowest numbers of points, and therefore everyone else needs to be nerfed, and Unicorn and Phoenix needs to be buffed. Yeah, I was just about to. So here is the current standings for the points after one event. Keep in mind, every clan started with forty points. Let's see. So tide of war points for every crab. Crab has thirty nine points. Crane has thirty nine. Dragon has forty. Lion has thirty nine. Phoenix has thirty eight. Scorpion forty seven, and Unicorn thirty eight. And dissension points just Unicorn because apparently there was one. There unicorn was only one mirror match, match and it was Unicorn. So. Eh. So this is kind of moving as expected, uh, where Scorpion won the event, so they have a significant bump in their points. Uh, Dragon didn't move, like, by not getting into the cut at all, managed to hold on to the points and not lose anything. No, That's Dragon didn't. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Points. Dragon actually made the cut. Dragon Dragon was challenger, right? Dragon, uh, Dragon was challenger. Okay. Uh, so round one was Al- Alex Jacobs versus uh, Jakob. Uh, I can't remember his. Okay. No, Yasek. Sorry, uh, Yasek, who was playing Phoenix, <laughs> and um, Alex won that. I was like Jakob so came all the way to Paxton. Black. Alex, okay. so Dragon got one point. Then Dra- uh, Alex was match was uh, faced uh, Steve Palumbo, and Alex lost. Okay. So Dragon lost a point. So they gained it, and then they lost it. They stayed at forty. Okay. Um, I I don't know how the rest of these points got tallied this way. That I I'm saying that literally. I don't know uh, how far all these uh, people got far into the uh, event, and then end up with a how the dragon only end up with a even score, and everyone else lost. There's a points. spreadsheet. Um, um, I have the link to it. Uh, I'll I'll share it if I could once I dig it up. But it basically shows the breakdown of how many points were gained by each clan and how many was lost. Still, uh, my overall point that most of the clans stayed relatively even. They only lost the losses either zero or very little, and the person or the clan who won the event overall had a significant spike in their overall points. So. This seems to be doing what Fancy Flight intends of winning an event uh, is a major bolster. Oh, yeah. And everyone uh, else can kind of like stand still. So we, one of the issues we had with, uh, I'd say with Scorpion last year, but just with uh, where we were checking the points, which was admittedly very exciting. The, the, the th- clans who were in the final runnings of potentially winning the event were watching the co-ties very actively seeing who was going to win and who was going to earn more points for the clan. It's very uh, engaging and that's a good thing. Um, we did have an issue where, so when Scorpion ultimately, and they ultimately won, but they got into a position where as long as they just kept showing up and kept earning points, they had just like statically won and didn't have to 
I don't want to say they didn't have to try anymore. That's a, a bad way of putting it and stuff. But they could just, like, once the clan got into a certain position, they could get kind of just coast. And I think all of the, the, the top, let's say, three clans who were kind of in that position, they were, like, competing for, like, inches and, you know points but you know they could just like just rest in the laurels and like we're just going to maintain where we are right now for the rest of the season to the, to a certain extent right. um it locked everyone else out at a certain point uh so hopefully like if lion turns things around and starts winning many events they can significantly they can jump up very rapidly and put themselves in a dominant position all you need is like a couple of good back-to-back wins to do so mm. right um so the rest of the clans, I think, uh, the season's still early, right? Um, we Everyone's got mm-hmm. their clan packs now. We got uh, Dissension. No, yeah, we got Dominion coming up uh, shortly here. We got Clan Wars mm-hmm. coming out shortly. So we don't know what is going to, how things are going to shape up the rest of the year. And um, I'm really excited to see how this goes. Um, but please, show up to Kotai's. <laughs> Except for Pass and Plug. That ship is Yeah, safe. sadly. <sighs> well, when they post a list, we will show up. I say as I'm trying to find up the money to go to LVO. Right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the last couple of dots that we had uh, before for our weekly recap. Uh, very quickly, just to mention, the Dragon Pack has come out. It's released now. We've talked, we talked about it last podcast. And um, everybody enjoys it all i'm gonna say is i think it's slightly better than what everybody else is saying okay and that's all i'm gonna say i am entitled to my opinion i think that okay i I just i just it has something that i'm just that i I don't think it it feels weird yes i get it the cards feel weird it feels weird to play it feels weird to slide into decks but i think that there's something in it you know it's it, it's, there are there are cards there, yes. yes. And I think that there's just like, I don't know. Um, maybe I'm being a little bit of a Pollyanna. Fine, whatever. But, um, well, the, the one thing I will say that this is probably the last time we're going to have an issue, air quotes, like this, because I don't think they're going to do individual clan packs anymore, where it's spread across two years, and we're seeing these very clear spikes in power. Uh, I never played. Game of Thrones, but as I understand, a lot of Game of Thrones players said that uh, whatever uh, faction in that game got a individual, let's say, call it a clan pack, uh, they had a very big spike in power level for (laughs) a while until things kind of balanced out after a while, and some of them never really dropped off. I don't know. This is all hearsay what I'm getting right now. We definitely saw, and I think the, the bigger issues going on with this Dragon Pack and with all the packs is what is a pack? Some of them seem to do very different functions. The Phoenix Pack... Uh, was intent. Uh, it's been stated uh, by Tyler in the past, uh, actually during an interview I did with him, that the Phoenix Pack was designed to give that fac- uh, faction back when they didn't have a whole lot of tools to do with because the Shugenja need a lot of tools, need a lot of spells and ability to play with spells to really get the most oomph out of them as a faction, be, bring them up thematically to where they are. They need a lot of stuff. So that was what that thing was. The Scorpion Pack, which I believe was already just... I'm speculating here, but I believe it was just scheduled like, oh, the Scorpion Pack comes next. And then when they start designing the cards for it, it's like, oh, they're a very dominant faction. We need to give them some tools, but not let them go overboard. And I'm going to continue with my rampant speculation here. Keep in mind, I have no idea what the actual design intent was, but the popular opinion seems to be Dragon was very dominant last year. And this Dragon Pack design was going under the assumption that dragon was still going to maintain its dominance throughout this year even though like two erratas a nerf and base has a lot more to do with other clans just getting more tools and more options to deal with dragon has completely inverted their competitive rate so dragon pack is assumedly designed to like Give a very ultra dominant faction some new toys to uh, to play with for a different unique deck type, without making their A one deck even more dominant. 
Unfortunately, that, that doesn't exist anymore. Or well, it exists in a very shallow it, form of what it used to. It's, uh, yeah. Because, uh. again, we, we could look at all of these clan packs and say they're, they're, they're doing different things. Unico- like, Unicorn Pack was part of a, many, uh, of a conceded effort to bring Unicorn much more up to par than where it had been and stuff. You never really saw, after, after the release of a clan pack, you never really saw a clan really just take off, like, immediately. Phoenix did not really gain dominance until, like, the end of Elemental, I don't think. And uh, Unicorn did not start it, you know, uh, the, the decks, the, we could start seeing where the deck was going at the clan pack was released. But all the pieces for that deck did not come out until, like, halfway through Inheritance. Mm. I, 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 I'm willing to give you f- half of that point. I, I kind of agree, but there are, there's a, there's another issue of the game kept being in a different overall state as these packs came out. When Phoenix came out, this is the very first came out, um, it was a very behind-the-curve faction that brought <clears throat> it into not the top tier, but in the upper echelons. But there's an entire time we're getting all these individual um, Imperial packs, and then Children of the Empire was a huge inflection of the game that rapidly changed a lot of the factions. And then as things, like I said, we're getting nerfed and buffed up, um, we're just getting, pe- like, Crab is a perfect example. Crab is uh, giving a clan that's had, like, three different themes kind of waffling a lot more options. Again, none of the pieces fits into what was their A1 deck, even though their A1 deck is not around anymore which is Spyglass mixed with Reprieve, mixed with Phidon, mixed with a lot of these other options. Um, so the world around these packs came out. Like, honestly, Crane Pack gave Crane a really big shot in the arm and brought a, a huge power level to that one after Children of Empire came out and did the exact same thing. And, you know, there's a lot of issue going on with Crane right now, especially there's something of a controversy going on with Toshimoko among people online. But... We've had the discussion. I'll be honest, Crane Didn't is... we have the discussion? <laughs> like, Maybe, when, I, when I first I guest hosted on this... <laughs> My memory is terrible. I believe I had this discussion when we were comparing power levels of Toshimoko and Tadaka. No, wait, it was Uji. Never mind, it was Uji. <laughs> that, that's a more one-for-one comparison right there tell you what i know i was talking about toshimoko with finbar previously and you know i'm not going to rehash a lot of these things I, I i i can understand people's frustrations i do not agree with the assertion that toshimoko is very overpowered. i don't think he's overpowered at all do you know how many ways my do you know how many ways my clan i mean phoenix the clans that i play have to deal with him he gets if i'm playing scorpion he gets honored mark of shame fine whatever if i'm playing unicorn i just won't attack right now i'll let you attack me um that well that's a discussion of like different clans having different options in different scenarios and that's why you know i do think some clans players from certain clans are have a more tendency to have issues with certain cards than others do because that I had a very similar situation. Speaking of Dragon that we're talking about right now, I had this very similar situation a year ago with Crane versus Dragon. The match was so dominant in Dragon's option because they dealt with so many attachments. So there's so few attachment destruction options on, on board. There was very little I can do about it. At least that's how I found it. It was very frustrating. Fa- fast forward a year later, now Crane have... With Tea House, we have some very serious attachment negation. I've got some beefier bodies with uh, with printed actions on the body that I can deal with. It's a different game now. So my frustrations have very much gone away. So is it a com- is it these cards are too powerful? Is it my cards are underpowerful? Is it is that what I just said a true statement only in certain scenarios because of how uh, factions are lined up on each other? It's an issue, and I don't think anyone who has very strong passions about any given argument, um, it might be one or another of these things. All right. <laughs> Look, the, if, if the ultimate... Talk, talking in circles here. <laughs> the ultimate broken card, everyone, I think everyone agrees that the ultimate broken card was Tadaka. Was Phoenix <laughs> Pack Tadaka. I mean... 
Yeah. There's just no ands, there's a but. That's the ultimate broken card, right? Um, mm. it's to, so you got to take and just compare Tadaka to Toshimoko. Where do you stand on that? Where does Toshimoko stand on that? And I don't think Tadaka, I mean, he's not oh, even he's not close. Even, not even close. Yeah. I don't want to, as, as, as I was just saying, I don't want to dismiss people who have an issue with a card because let's say I'm playing Clan X and, you know, Toshimoko, or doesn't have to be Toshimoko, it could be a number of different cards. Let's say this other clan has this one attack or this one strategy that you legitimately can't deal with it. I'll say, like, as a crane, because that's the perspective I always have, uh, what does crane do against scorpion? The answer is not much, and it can be very frustrating. Crane, you see a lot less people upset about it right now because that's kind of the only, like, hard loss that crane has like we have difficult matchups with phoenix and some other things and you know a unicorn with a good rushdown can be an issue and stuff but by and large uh crane are doing really good so yeah i have this one thing that kind of like destroys me every single time i sit down sure but i can live with it if you are let's say lion who can't see i don't know this is not a site against the lion players just looking at their cards uh trying to put things together and they have to like try to come up with these issues and then the on top of this naturally frustrating deck type uh, experience, they have to deal with Toshimoko on top of it. Sure, they're going to get frustrated. Yeah, absolutely. I get it. I understand it. But look, uh, you got to find every clan. I believe every clan does have a way of dealing with Toshimoko. It's not. Yeah. So okay, wait, and then we're, we're, we're talking about and then we, we got on Toshimoko. This is about uh, the clan pack, release, right. specifically the the consternation with the recent dragon pack release. And this is actually to tie it full circle. This is what we're talking about right now, because the dragon who were on top last year have rapidly fallen to the bottom of the pack and a great way for to uh, pick them back up. And at least no one really necessarily demands to be on top, but at least like, you know, in the meta, in the upper echelon ability to like make some moves and at least be able to compete in a meaningful way. Um, they find that their deck that they had, the best deck that uh, existed last year uh, was the best because it could do more in an environment where no one had any options. Now that everyone else has options, dragon look at their, uh, their cards, like, well, what are our options? And by and large, these even if I wanted to build a monk deck, they're looking at these cards like I don't need to build, you know, this monk dual wielding weapons hyper deck that we had last year. Give me something good. Give me something that has these options. They look at this pack. None of them are really tying together or opening up some really uh, top tier competitive lines of play in the decks that exist right here, right now. So we get the same little of consternation. It's uh, frustration in this game seems to derive from uh, people who are clan loyal, which is not a bad thing. I'm definitely clan loyal, absolutely, and stuff. Not having the options. They don't need, we all don't need a Tadaka. We all don't need a Toshimoko. We all don't need, like, you know, these super overpowered things. But when I show up against Clan X, I say, I want to look at my cards and say, hey, this sucks, but at least I have an option. Or at least I have an uh, a, a, a counter offer, you know? They're going to hit me with their card. Well, I'm going to drop my tier one card. And now we're just going to see we're going to have these two cards go at it and see who's got the upper hand strategy here, or I've got it. You've got this. I can counter that. You can counter my thing. Cool. At least we've, we've gone the equation back down to zero. You know what I mean? I get mean? it. Yeah, totally. Get it. Um, I just think that again, I'm saying that the dragon pack, there are, there are things, it's not the options you want, but it's the options you have. Right. Mm. And again, we, I mean, that, 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 is a, that is an objectively true statement. Don't give right, you that. <laughs> I don't know. It's what they, they're happy with. It's not going to be happy sure. with it. Look, was I happy that Tadaka got restricted? Hell no. But it's... Tadaka deserves to be restricted. And oh, worse. no. Tadaka did nothing wrong. And he nerfed. Tadaka he hasn't even wrong. opened a black scroll yet. <laughs> Uji did nothing wrong. <laughs> Uji's not even unique. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So the... the pro okay. We're, so we're going to talk about this now, are we? So Uji's no longer unique. He also loses his discount. <laughs> no, if I buy three of them, that means they get this, three of his discounts. No, no, it's not. All my his cards are free. Free, I tell look, you. Look on the promo. His discount's not printed on there. 
Look oh, on the promo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. Forgot. His discount's not on there. Listeners, we're we're making a joke. There's there's some weird uh misprints on the uh um full bleed yeah. art Uji card. Oh no 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 no. It was not just on Uji. Blackmail artist. His it's now it's now an it's now an action, not a reaction. Chase rears, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, now now I'm there's just two more. Cat. Now I'm just being catty. There's two more. <laughs> uh, oh, ethereal dreamer and uh, um, I'm a Bayushi manipulator. They're okay. now conflict cards. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. I believe Matt Holland went out there. He said he's uh, they're going to look into this and make sure everything gets reprinted. I think, for future yeah, they did right? say that everything's getting reprinted. So, but it's it's just hilarious. Sort of like exchange program. I'm not exchanging those misprints. Are you kidding me? I like those misprints. Those things are worth money now. Mm -hmm. Valuable cards. (laughs) I like those misprints. Anyway, uh, speaking of misprints, thing to bring up. This is such a tiny thing. Uh, We are no longer we. I'd say we. uh, Fantasy Flight is no longer translating the game into German. Not only this game, but also uh, Destiny. Okay, so those two games particularly. So uh, do you have any insight onto that one? Or I assume it's just some sort of like that particular market, there wasn't a, a lot of demand. I saw from some German players who were on the Facebook group saying that they just happen to prefer the their cards in English. And me, who can barely speak one language, I'm very impressed that like, I'm going to choose to have cards not in my native language. <laughs> Um, I guess next thing is uh, going back to Pax Unplugged, right? We already talked about most everything else, but I have to mention something that happened because, and I'm begging you guys, please, for the love of God, just print out your bleeping deck list. (laughs) You know, that's going to be my Christmas present to Seabass, getting him an expletive uh, bleep button. Right? Um, He's going to need one for me anyway. Um, but no, we, so we had a situation. Uh, we had a player turn in his deck list. We checked it. We did. We, well, when, we, when, when you guys turn in your deck list to us, what we're checking is we are checking to see your influence value is right. We're checking that, you know, your splash is right. And we're checking your restricted list is right. And everything else is right. That's all we're checking. We're not checking the actual content of the deck list. We're doing a very cursory at a glance because... Granted, this was only 28 people, but at Gen Con, there was like 130-something, and I stood up, and the line was wrapped around the whole, the air, the play area, right? Mm-hmm. I can confirm, yeah. So, we don't have time to look to check through everyone's deck list when we have a, over 100 people that's uh, that's trying to register. So, what happened was, somebody turned their deck list, we checked it, looked fine, he made the cut, he was, uh, he made the cut, and, um... We, when we were doing his deck check, we saw on his deck list, he listed Fawning, Dip, uh, Fawning Diplomat 3, and two lines later, Fawning Diplomat 2. So mm. he listed Fawning Diplomat twice for a total of five Fawning Diplomats. That's, 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 that's a lot, a lot of, of Fawning Diplomats. You don't need to favor that much. Um, unfortunately, due to the floor rules, that's a game loss. Hmm. And your 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 hands are tied at that. Point My hands because, are tied, you know, and this is not an attack no. on you. That, 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 that's, it's essentially your issue. With well, no, it's a, that's that's unfair to put on your thing because you missed it. But also, it's the player's responsibility, right? Then they're the ultimate. You yeah. Know. Look, because and the thing is, again, we're not checking the content of the deck list. We're checking most of the time when we're looking at the for restricted list. Ninety percent, most of, okay. I would say, I wouldn't say ninety percent. I. I'd say most of the restricted card is on conflict. So uh, most of the time when we're looking at that, we're looking at conflict side and we're counting influence based on conflict. Uh, uh, We're looking at counting conflict characters and looking at influence count. And all of that is on conflict side. We barely, if ever look a glance over at a dynasty side, if uh, unless, you know, the restricted list card is Isawa Tanaka or Uji. Yeah. And as you just said, when you have like, places like Gen Con, you have like 200 plus people showing up every day. You don't have the time. Exactly. To, to line item every, every, every item. So 
Unfortunately, I I, know, I I knew what he meant because there was one mm. looking at his deck list. I knew exactly what three of those fawning diplomats are supposed to be. They were supposed to be favored niece. Oh, so it was, it was like a oh okay favored niece. I knew that they were supposed to be favored niece. Unfortunately, just because I knew what it's supposed to be, and that's exactly what he had in his deck, that does not change the fact that the deck list was incorrect and does not match the deck. So therefore, mm. automatic game loss. And this was going into the cut. So as a reminder to listeners, so like the resources that would tend to get used, Bushi Builder has an export option. I believe Five Rings DB has an export option for your deck. The, the, use these tools. Please. <laughs> I say as someone who still handwrites my deck. I th- actually, I think at Gen Con, I was like a few steps away from turning in my le- deck list. And I was just like, how many Miramoto's dice shows did I put in my deck? Because I changed it at the last minute. I mean, if you're staying... <laughs> so I did, a, I did a scramble last minute to put a, <laughs> the correct Here's number the of Miramoto's dice shows on my deck Here's list. the thing, guys. Most hotels have printers. If you absolutely need us to print your deck list for you, we can. We have printers. We have laptops. We have cables. There's spare ink. Sometimes it's blue uh, paper. Or green one. <laughs> Yeah, I like the Gen Con, uh, what was it, last year with uh, <laughs> all the blue and green paper. It's right. like, oh, man, we couldn't get the white? No, we don't have that kind of, we don't have white paper funds from Fantasy Flight. What do we look like, Keyforge? Get out of here with that mess. Well, uh, so uh, at Pass Unplugged, they asked me what color paper we wanted because they had three. Um, we were the first pick, so I chose green to match my hat. <laughs> nice. That's the only reason why we got green paper, because it matched my hand. <laughs> Anywho, Sar, I think now is a good time to wrap oh, it yeah. up. Uh, wow. Uh, such a, what a high note we're leaving this Christmas season on. <laughs> no, I guess, uh, you know, it's I've had fun in the last two episodes and the times that I've been on here. It Look, it's been a great year for L5R, right? I don't think anyone can say that it's been a bad year. Mm-hmm. We had what? We had a lot of we had clan packs, we had an entire cycle, we got Children of the Empire this year. Um, an amazing world's draft, all the multiplayer rules that's been dropped. Look, um, it's been a great year for L5R. I'm excited to see what 2020 comes to, um, because uh I really want to see what Clan War is going to be like. I want to see how this whole story shakes out. By the way, if Daisetsu is not the Emperor, I swear I am going to burn every single um, every single crane card. What the, What did the crane have to do with this? Well, I uh-huh. think that Juan did make some decisions. I will burn every single crane card. choices. And, uh, yeah, um, it's not going to be pretty. I'm not... I'm going to have to make a, a shirt that said Hotaru did nothing wrong. And it's going to be super on point this time because her clan is burning down around her and it is explicitly it not her really fault. It really is not her fault. <laughs> on the flip side, the crab have like everything that they wanted going their way and stuff. And Kasada hasn't listed, lifted a single finger. Kasada hasn't done anything. (laughs) Kasada is like, what the, is is he even alive anymore? I mean, did did, did they actually win Kunshu this time? And again, and he's already been stabbed by it. I think Kasada is just like an empty suit of armor they just put on the wall and just to scare the Oni away. Mm. If you just like poke him with a stick, he'll just fall right. Uh, we haven't heard we haven't heard much from Yakimo either, and I really want to know. That's a good thing. That's objectively a good maybe thing. before he told me his hand. I mean, we all know that Oishi is the only one who has like any common sense over on that wall. Well, there's Sukune, but he's gonna but he's about to get crucified. Well, <laughs> so so he better hope that Kahita Kasada continues to do nothing. I tell you what. <laughs> yeah. Uh and uh, the Scorpion, you know. Hey, Shoju's Regent. What can be better? Nothing can go wrong. Yeah, this, is, this, is, this is all going to end well mm-hmm. for him. And the Scorpion in, in yep. general. I mean, they're not going to get exiled over this. Uh, <laughs> let's see. The Lion. We are... We are- we are we are talking a lot about lore in the in our closing uh, yeah. segment. You know who knows about lore? 
the Court Games RPG yeah. podcast. Our sister podcast hosted by Kovar and Kikina Kiori. Yeah, but you know what I notice uh, about them? You know what I notice about them? What do you know about that? They're not as catty as what we are. No. They are smart, beautiful, professional, organized individuals who have all their ducks in a row. Look at all their ducks in a complete row. It's amazing. Us, our ducks are rampant. <laughs> Let's see. We need to plug our Patreon. Uh, thank you to all the you lovely listeners who are currently supporting us on Patreon, which Seabass uses to support this podcast, the R- uh, RPG sister podcast that we have, we just mentioned. And uh, keeping the Discord up and running. Also, the cool Discord giveaways, which we have uh, once a month. So hop on the Discord, look up there uh, for the Patreon-only area. Uh, believe maybe actually maybe you can only be on uh, see that if you're on the Patreon already, uh, and we're doing monthly giveaways. Seabass uh, gets some cool things from Japan or some things that are anime related, and chooses one lucky winner every month to give those things away to. So check it out. Uh, special shout out to two of my FLGS, Gameology up in Upland, California, and Realm in uh, Brea, California. For um, so in my drunken, in my ambient, not drunken, ambient hazed uh, state when I bought stuff, I uh, sometimes didn't buy things and whatever. And those two stores actually helped me fill in what I was missing at a great discount. I told them what it was for, um, and they and they and they're actually spot. So the two other draft cubes at uh, LVO is going to is sponsored by those two stores. Um, so I really just want to do a shout out and thank you to The Realm and Gameology. Nice, nice. First, we're doing last minute shout outs. I got a shout out. I want to give a big shout out to Ryan Rocket, the best L5R judge there is. Oh, you. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>